So Mission Coalition number 22. 22. We got to sit down with a really good friend of ours, Maria Zamora Levescu. Maria! From Gracie, Tampa. Um, she had some great insight for us on seminars and how to get the most out of your seminars. She's also just a really cool chick, uh, loves jujitsu, and is really fun to talk to. So I think you guys will enjoy this. waiting for the sound to kick on <laughs> there we go there we go how are you good <laughs> dave's coming <laughs> are you in a park or something i'm at the dog by my house oh all right nice enjoying the water while i can yeah it's gorgeous out there right now so beautiful that's yeah. that's the one nice thing about living in Florida that even quarantine means you know beautiful skies and a great weather. So all right. I just heard all these comments about gorgeous and beautiful. I thought that was my cue. <laughs> <laughs> so you still working from home? Yeah. 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 We, our building is entirely too large. Otherwise, not necessarily our office, but the building itself. Uh -huh. houses way too many people so it's really hard to keep any type of social distancing right. when you're in an elevator that sits 20 people so right yeah <clears throat> it would take forever to get up the elevator if it was like one person at a time <laughs> and, and even even if you try to make it like mandatory to where there's like three people or four people how do you determine who goes when yeah so i go first <laughs> yeah. that was my view too but i don't think that the other people <laughs> No, our office decided that since we can do everything from home, I mean, we're just as, as productive from home as we are from the office itself to just keep yeah. that way until we have to meet clients or anything, you know, that requires. Dave, Dave's now, working from home right now. I can't tell if that's sky or water behind you. Both. Sky and water, both. And water. Yeah, she says she's, she's at a dot. I know. He's I know. jealous right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're both working from the dojo right now. Dave is doing his thing, and um, nice. we're doing a small kids camp right now. But sounds like my thing's gonna be coming to an end, though. Yeah, he's yeah. sad. He doesn't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna start slowly opening up the office. I just got a new boss today, so Oof. yeah. Well, it's hard too because you know I was trying to explain to my coworkers that not having to commute to the office has made me so much more productive. It's, you yeah. know, basically an hour and a half, I don't have to waste anymore. Right. And another 20 minutes getting dressed because I'm working from home. So, I mean, you know, Nojo just needed shirts all day. Easy. <laughs> I don't have to wear, you know, a button down and, you yeah. know, try to figure out what shoes, you know, match what. It's like, no, I mean, flip-flops and Nojo just needed. This is perfect. Well, I mean, there, there's a bunch of stuff. So, I mean, when... When people contact me, you know, we kind of, I mean, either they're sending me emails when, when they would have called me. So I'm just getting what it is I need to work on. So I get to jump in a little bit faster, you know, and they're having to use their time more valuably. Um, so either the emails now are being written better than they would have been, or when they do call me, you know, since they don't get to just sit down in my office and chit chat with me for for 10 to 15 minutes before they get to the point, you know, now when they call, they're, they're, you know, 
So, I mean, it's like the whole day is becoming a little bit more productive, you know, which, which it kind of needs to be because, you know, we've, we've reduced hours in some divisions, but not in others. Um, and so like my division, you know, me specifically, I have to kind of make up for what others are not able to do, but. So um, for the listeners benefit and everything, why don't you kind of tell them all six of them, <laughs> how, how you kind of, um, because it is a jujitsu podcast, kind of how you came to find jujitsu and kind of your journey on that route. Sure. So um, you guys know Ralph Garcia um, yeah. from ATT Tampa. So he's, he's a friend of mine. I knew him from before I even wanted to do any jujitsu. I was obviously always a fight fan. And I've always been a martial arts fan, but it wasn't my thing. I was a runner. I was a, uh, one of those sports where it's like, I just want to go and not have to wait for anybody, you know, like, let me just go. Um, and I had a small issue with one of my knees um, where I tore my meniscus and the doctor said, well, you're never going to run again. Wow. And um, I was pretty, I was very, very upset. And Ralph was one of the first people that I saw right after I had that, you know, awful news dumped on me. And he said, come to, come to my gym. I'll let you just hit pads. You know, it'll be nothing, no contact, but you'll get some of the energy out. And I was like, ah, I don't even know that I can stand on that knee all that well. He was like, look, I've had plenty of people that are injured. You can do it. And I came in and I started with stand up. And you, well, you know how that goes. You know, you start and you're like, I just want to do cardio kickboxing. And next thing you know, you're like, I'm going to hit that person in the face. And the next thing I know, I'm like, how do I take him down? And then they're like, well, well, you got taken down and now you don't know how to do anything on the ground. And it's like, good point. I need to learn how to do something on the ground. So what started with, let me just burn some crazy off, became a big, you know, rabbit hole that you go down and you cannot kind of get out of. And um, all that time, I was also really good friends with Rob Khan, who's now my instructor. And he he one time said to me, hey, I have a few privates for you that you cannot say no to, because um, you don't say no to Rob, in case you're wondering. Um, and I'll never forget going there and him just talking to me about strategy. We really probably trained for about 20 minutes and talked for about two hours. And I remember leaving his gym with my mind, my mind was completely blown. I, I had no idea how in-depth jiu-jitsu really was until he kind of opened my mind to it and at that point it was a combination of Ralph's extreme you know athleticism and just you know go 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 and Rob's kind of hey you're gonna find your spot and you're gonna go with everything and then I completely fell in love with it like it was at that point there was no turning back you know at that point and there was so much to learn too you know so it's hard to like ever you know, ever be satisfied. You always feel like there's so much more out there. So how, how did you know Rob prior to beginning jiu-jitsu? So I did a lot of um, like human resources and uh, meetings and plans and uh, uh, things for entertainment purposes. And at the time, um, Rob was, or Rob had a lot of professional fighters under RFC. And we were one of the main sponsors of RFC. And I met him through, you know, getting ready for all of that. Um, he also was a big part of XFC back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember, well, I'm sure you guys remember XFC. Um, and so every time that we did events, I always ran into Ralph. Mm. It was one of those, you know, like 
oh, there's Ralph again, you know? And, and all of the fighters that I knew from around town knew Ralph. So it was always, you know, kind of became a, a, an easy uh, transition into from, ah, uh, that's a guy that runs all the fights to that's a really good guy. You know, that should be my friend to now I'm injured and now that's my coach. Right. <laughs> I know you, uh, you hit a lot of seminars too. I know you. Well, you, you know everybody. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so you've been like the mayor of Whoville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe just kind of a highlight reel of some of the seminars that you, because I know you you've been to some pretty, pretty amazing seminars. Yeah, I think it'll be hard to like even say wh which one I like the best. Every single one of them has been incredibly amazing. Um, the one thing that I always tell people is is that what what the way I categorize them is the seminars that I've gotten the most out of were the most basic ones. And it will only make sense to people that understand the sport why it all, all of them came by way of a real old school, extremely seasoned player. Liborio, um, Jean-Jacques Machado, um, Hoist. Those are seminars that when you go in, you're not learning any flashy move. In fact, they're so straightforward that you, you, you're almost in doubt that it could potentially work. You know, like I started telling you, you're like, there is no way this is that easy. And then you apply it. And it's not just that easy, it's that straightforward, you know? Um, but it's the idea of invisible jujitsu. It's the idea of how one hand placement can change your entire move. Um, how the strategy will change the entire move. You know, Jean-Jacques, loves the idea very much so like Liborio does and uh, Marcelo Garcia does, where I want to give you room for you to make the mistake I need you to make. I'm not going to put that much pressure. I want you to move because it's in your movement that I find my spot, you know? And I remember going there, coming back from, you know, training with Rob, where Rob is like, pressure, 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 pressure. Like, you know, make him pay, make him be in so much right. pain. They want you to armbar them to, right. you know. Force the error on them. Yeah, like Rob loves an error to be forced, while Liborio is like, no, they're going to make the mistake because I'm going to give him the rope, you know? And, and at first you're kind of like, oh my God, this is so different. But the beauty of it is that as you start going to all of these seminars, you realize how personal jiu-jitsu is, how you can have so many amazing players with such a different philosophy and a strategy that's completely opposite, and yet it works so beautifully, right? Um, so it's, it's always one of those things where you're like, what can I take from this person that will fit my game and that will fit my personality and that will fit my brokenness? Like I'm completely busted everywhere. So there are things that I go, there are seminars that I go to. I, I went to Coyotera seminar and it was so far away from anything I can potentially do because <laughs> my legs don't move anymore. Right. And it was beautiful. You know, you watch it and you go, this is amazing. I wish I could do any of this. But no, <laughs> my knee hurts from looking at you doing it, you know. Um, but the one thing that I also found to be the most um, inspirational out of every seminar that I go, and, and the, first, the first time that I actually noticed it so blatantly was I went to the Nogi Summit um, in... California, San Diego. It's put on by the Martinez brothers who are the most welcoming people you've ever met in your life. When you're in their gym, you're family and, and, and it's home and they will do anything to make sure that you're at home. Like they are just 
so open, so great, so giving. And um, this seminar, the, the, the first year they did it, it was incredibly packed, like to the point where we had to like split people as to like, hey, you train for five minutes, I train for, we had no room. Right, and yeah. I turn around and right next to me, it's Eduardo Teles, who I've watched. I mean, I cannot tell you how many, I watch him on EBI, like clapping like a fangirl. And he turns around and he's trying to figure something out. And he goes, hey, can you rubber guard? And I'm like, nah, not really. And he goes, do you mind trying to figure it out with me? And I thought, wow, like, here's a guy that's been at the top of the game for so long. And he's still willing to learn. He's still going to try to get as much as he can from probably, you know, on a strategy that he's never going to pull out in, you know, in competition. But he's that openness. He's that willingness to... Let me try and learn more. Let me see what else is out there. Let me see how this applies to what I do. And, and it's just gorgeous to see it, you know? Right. Um, so I know some people, you know, struggle with going to seminars and there's so much to process. Um, would you have like, um, because you, you do do seminars quite often, would you have like a strategy that you could kind of share with people as to how to kind of retain? Absolutely. So... I'll tell you, from every seminar I go, I pick one thing that I know it's going to change my life. And, and, and you know, if, if, if you go to a seminar, more than likely, the instructor wants to give you a lot. And it's because they feel like they need to give you your money's worth, you know? When in reality, one move is your money's worth. Like, if you, if you learn something that's going to adapt your game into a so much better strategy, right. you, you, just, you just won. But I get what the instructors do, it, and I understand it. So when I go... I'll pay attention until I see the one thing that, you know, hits home for me. And as soon as I leave, I make sure that I drill it right there on the mats in front of whoever I'm, you know, if let's say we're at Liborio seminar, I'll drill it in front of Liborio and say, what am I doing here? And he'll say, okay, well, the hand should be there. So that's something that will be branded in my brain right away. And then as, as soon as I leave, thankfully now we have cell phones and most guys are, great and they let you videotape it or they let you videotape yourself doing it um that's the first thing i do so i'll grab whomever my partner is and i'll make sure that i videotape every single thing that they showed because i will forget it you know the second i go home and i eat donuts i'm like oh, donuts right. I, learn? Oh, I don't remember but then i have video so i have an entire folder on my phone um which I also transferred to one of my coaches. So there is a backup for everything of every single seminar I've gone. So every single thing I've ever learned, I have a video of either the instructor doing it or me doing it with a partner at the seminar. Nice. Perfect. So you can always go back and check and, and see, you know, and by the way, half of this stuff makes no sense at the time you do it. Um, my first Eddie Bravo seminar, it was way, way, way above my pay grade. I had no idea what he said. I was lost and I had driven three and a half hours down to Brian's um, up in Jacksonville and you know I was tired I was and Eddie everything he showed was like Phew. and I found myself right before quarantine pulling the movie showed there and I was like well I guess it was still in my brain he just so I hadn't been in that moment so that particular Eddie Bravo seminar was that the one in uh, was it Orange Park yeah Orange Park three Super. years ago four years ago or something was it that long ago yeah um was that the one that uh eddie was like really pressed for time afterwards yes yeah okay i was there 
Okay, so you remember he was doing mission control, right? And yeah. he was doing that whole, the underhook, you yeah. have to catch it, overhook, not the underhook, from like that back take, that fell back take of mission right. control, and then you use your shin to force the uh, arm bar. Right. So you end up in the spider web. And at that time, I was like, first of all, all the names are so weird, right? <laughs> if you're not a student of 10th planet, yeah. You know, it's like you go from mission control to crackhead control. To, I'm like, who's what? You right. know, like you double bagging. You're like, who, what? I'm not sure what you're telling me. Is this English? Um, but I remember leaving there and thinking, okay, this was great. I get what, you know, like the moves were amazing, but I don't think I can recreate it. And I had put it in, I guess, the back of my brain, not knowing. And right before quarantine, I was rolling with somebody and I found myself in that fail back take. And I was like, wait, I've been here before. And right. then I saw that the arm was posed and I was like, oh, this is what he said. He ding, 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 there is a bell. Like grab that overhook and you have spider web. And sure enough, it worked. And I was like, I guess two and a half, three years later, it's still there. Well, not like you were talking about, like that particular one, that's another one. The mats were so crowded. It, you were barely two people per mat. Like like one one meter by two meter mat had two people trying to occupy it, and I remember one of his techniques. We were looking at it, and he goes, "All right." So then from here, and then you sweep them over. And I remember looking at my partner, looking around our area, going, "All right, we need to control this because <laughs> everybody can't do it at the same time." No, and that was also the thing. You're sweeping them over by using your shin in the back of their neck, so right. they're going feet over head like think about how much room that's gonna take and there was no room to move like you were elbow to elbow and it was scary I, I remember like thinking and you know I normally try to when I go to a seminar I try to partner up with somebody I don't know right um because if I know them I tend to start you know talking smack and you you get comfortable and then you start changing the move because especially if you're somebody from your school you know how you do that, right? So you're like, oh, but this is the same as blah, blah, blah. And then you end up not really learning much. You're, you're, you end up learning, adapting to whatever you already do. Um, so I was there with a guy, I had no idea who he was. And I'm like, I'm about to throw you into a really big guy. So if a fight breaks, I hope you know how to fight. And he's like, I don't know how to fight. I'm like, we're in trouble here now. Because we're about to throw each other into people that can fight. Right, yeah. So, well, I was, I was in the back corner, so. If, 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 you know, I'm trying to remember if anybody got thrown into me. So. <laughs> no, we were in the middle, middle, like we were okay. in the mush pit. So I now, was like, somebody's either falling on us or I'm throwing you on somebody. So hello. Now, now you just touched on an interesting thing, though, that I don't think a lot of people think about when they go to a seminar. You said you try to grab somebody that you're not familiar with. It's not your partners. Because most people, when they go to the seminars, they bring their partner with them or they bring somebody to train with them. And I found, cause at that particular seminar, I went with my son and as soon as we got there, he found somebody he knew and was like, see you dad, I'm out. <laughs> and so same thing. I ended up at that seminar training with somebody I'd never met before. So it was kind of cool cause we're both figuring it out. Neither one of us. I mean, I've dabbled a little bit with, you know, prior to that, some of the 10th planet stuff. And so it was fun, both of us trying to figure it out. And then same thing, I went to a Hicks and Gracie seminar and I did not have a partner with me. And part of that fun of the, of the seminar, and, and to be honest, I was a little nervous, um, but was trying to find a partner. Somebody was in the same boat as I was, because at most seminars, 
people don't mingle that much. You know, they, they kind of stay a little bit static. And I'll tell you, it's a little bit hard. Um, I'm, I'm actually, you guys know me on the mat, so that's different. I'm, I've never met a stranger on the mats, but outside of the mats, I'm extremely shy um, if I don't know somebody. Now, and I think that a lot of people struggle with that. They don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be too forward and then be told, hey, no, I have somebody that I'm training with, you know? Um, but I think I don't have much fear of rejection. Like that doesn't, you know, like I'll never feel bad if you have somebody else to train with, I, I'm okay with that. And I also find my way wiggling my way into other people's training sessions. Like one way or another, I find myself like in between people. Um, I, we just did the Gracie camp in Miami. And one of the opening techniques, first day, this is the first year that they do no gi and gi. So we're doing no gi and we're doing no gi wrestling, like very intro wrestling. My wrestling is awful, but I can tell you a lot about wrestling because I love wrestling. So I study it. And there's all these brand new people who had never in their life, I mean, they, they're used to just starting from their knees. You can tell that they've in their lives taken a shot. So I'm like, oh, I can break down a shot like nobody else. So next thing I know, there is like five girls talking to me, trying to figure out how to take a shot. And one of the guys who puts together the mats for the Gracie camp, um, he, he works for Fuji BJJ. He's like, do they even know you can wrestle? I'm like, no, don't tell them. I'm like, they swear that I can wrestle. But the funny story is that all of them ended up taking a great shot by the time we were done. Um, and and now, now I have friends. Now I have friends in London. One of them was from Argentina. You know, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a great way to meet other people and to also see what they do. So many people come from gyms that have a way different structure from what I'm used to. And I'm always, like, infatuated with the idea of what do you guys do? You know, like, how's your class? How, how's it run? Like, who do you deal with? Who do you train with? And, you know, so many of the girls have a big issue with not having, you know, we're so lucky because we have people like Melissa and Olivia who have developed girls, MM, uh, not just jiu-jitsu, but also girls MMA in Florida is huge. So we're so lucky to have so many partners. These girls never have training partners that will give them an even training. You know, you're, you're training with a guy that's super big or a teeny tiny guy or a guy that's trying to take it easy on you to avoid, you know, being a mad bully. So I love you know, picking those people to partner up with because I want them to like actually do what they would do to a girl. You know, I'm like, ah, come on, this is your chance. Like, this is your chance to compete without competing. Like, show me, like, tell me what, you know, your training looks like. And, and I think it's great. Speaking of competing, I know you haven't necessarily been a big competitor in the past, but I know you, uh, you kind of did a surprise uh, Master World <laughs> stint this year. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, you decide that you're going to do it, you got to do it big, right? Yeah. So kind of um, walk, just kind of walk us through, you know, what your, your thoughts are on competition and uh, kind of what motivated you to jump in and, and go to like one of the biggest tournaments in the whole year <laughs> as your first So, one. So the, the, the truth behind it is, is that, you know, I have a laundry list of excuses. I could probably write a book on the excuses why I never competed, right? And, and by the way, all of them are viable and all of them are to a certain degree true. Um, you know, I have a bad knee. I have now two bad knees, but that's neither here nor there. I train every day. So on, in all honesty, how bad are they if I'm able to still continue to train at a high level? Um, you know, time, I work full time. It, there is so many excuses, but 
the truth is, is that competing always scare me because there is a certain stigma that you carry as being an upper belt in a gym, you know, that's a very competitive gym. You know, you're carrying their name. I'm not just, when I'm out there, I'm not just me. I'm a representation of Matt and Rob and, you know, every single person that trains with me. And the idea of letting them down was way too harsh for me. Um, and I had a certain level of um, apprehension as to how I would react on a, you know, competition mat. Because on the regular mat, you've, you've rolled with me. I'm a joker. I'm, I'm a friendly person. I, I'm, not, I'm not aggressive. I'm in it because I love the exchange of it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to figure it out. And I thought, am I just going to, like, you know, deer in the headlights? Am I going to get there and forget everything? Or am I just going to be a joker and not get it done because I'm too busy, you know, trying to figure out the game? And my entire training up until right before I decided to do Worlds was never centered around points. I never cared about points. Um, I cared, again, about how am I going to finish from here? How can I get out of this? How can I defend and turn this into something else? But sometimes turning that into something else never turn into points. So I could potentially still lose, you know, even if I was the aggressor. And there was a huge level of, you know, I don't know what to call it, insecurity and and anxiety that that brought on with me. I also, Melissa knows that um, I have done a lot for our girls group to grow. And a lot of girls look up to me to a certain degree. And I didn't want to disappoint them. I was like, what if they go there and they're like, oh, so we've been grappling because of you and you sat there and did not. Right. It's a different um, feeling, is it though? I mean, that's, that is a major part that I don't, I mean, in the beginning, when, when people are just starting off as a white belt, no expectations, the, the, the fear, the anxieties that you put on yourself. Um, I mean, they're, they're completely different. It's, it's a foreign thing when you first step in and then it's different. Everybody thinks, you know, that, that these things go away. These anxieties go away. They just get replaced with new anxieties. You know, like you said, it's, you know, at first, you know, it's, it's, it's a new sport. It's something you're jumping into. Can I do this? Will my, how will my body react? And then as you get deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, and then, you're, you're going into that aspect of, you know, you're, you've got people that are looking up to you and it, it just, it, it creates a whole nother set of expectations, you know, and, and it's a really interesting part of how people respond to that, you know, how they respond to those, those new pieces. I felt exactly what you're talking about, you know, you know, you're running a school and, you know, we took six years off a of competition and I'm, I'm now going, who, um, what's this going to look like? <laughs> you know, you know, what, what happens if I get smashed in the first 30 seconds, you know, and, 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 it, and unfortunately all of those fears were, were, were in my own head, you know, that, that my, my students a- appreciated the fact that I even went out there to compete. Um, and I think that's what drives the difference. So I, you know, for, for years I had that in the back of my head and it was just so, I don't even know what to call it. It was so, such a hold on me. You know, I, I was like, uh, and I, I had opportunities where I could have done it and then I was like, no, 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 I'm not ready. And again, it's like the world conspired to give me excuses every time that there was a tournament that I could have gone 
my knee would give out or I would have an injury or, you know, I also train with a lot of people that are always competing and I'm a good size for them to train on. So I'm hurt a lot of times, <laughs> but purposely, you know, like I put myself there, it's perfect. They have, you know, they're carrying the name. I don't care, you know? Um, and I've, I've done a, my good share of adaptive jujitsu so I can roll even when things are not right. But then you think, well, do I want to compete when things are not right? And how is that going to look against, you know, a, a game competitor? Um, but I remember right before I decided, so I decided to compete. We were watching um, EBI at Matt Arroyo's house. And one of uh, our teammates said to me, we roll today. And the way you roll today, I'm, I'm a man, I'm a brown belt. At the time he was a brown belt. Um, and he's like, you rolled me like a dude would roll me. He's like, you know, I wasn't giving you all my strength, but I actually had to think about it more than once. And he's like, why don't you just go and compete? If you lost, he's like, nobody's going to care. And I semi-explained to him what I'm explaining to you guys. And he said to me, would you care if Matt lost? If Matt went out there and lost, would you think any less of him? And I was like, no, I know how great Matt is. And he's like, okay, so if then goes and he loses would you care if down lost and i'm like no i roll with him every day i know how great he is and he goes exactly none of us care if you lose right you're the only one that cares and by the way you lose you'll care you'll probably cry we'll care for 20 minutes and then another one of our teammates is gonna go and that's that's where we go we're like oh okay bye sorry and it's forgotten you know what i mean you'll remember it again when flow clapping shows and you're like crap you know right. but that's about it like it goes away. And, um, and I went home that night and I called Rob and I said, hey, would you sign my IBJJ form? Which he made fun of me for for a long time. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it was always a whole thing. Like, you don't do gi and you're going to do your first competition in the gi. Right. At Worlds. You never competed and you're going to go to Worlds and do gi. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, well, if that's the road you want to take, listen, I'm no one, I'm not going to stop you. Sign the thing. And the next day I registered. Um, and nobody knew, Melissa knew, uh, Matt knew, Rob knew, and my daytime coach knew. That was about it. Uh, ben and Jen knew because they were helping me get ready. Uh, Jen is, you know, a closer size to me. And so is Ben. So we were, you know, fixing. To, but I didn't want anybody to know because, again, I wanted to, let the jitters go on their own and not have to have that pressure of people knowing that I was, you know, going there scared. <laughs> well, it's also an interesting part where when everybody does know, um, even some of our, our fighters kind of talk about it. They're like, you know, a week before the fight when, you know, they're just getting hit constantly. You ready? You ready? How you feeling? You ready for this weekend? Are That's you ready? That's your weight, you know? And they're just like, I just don't want it. They're like, I I'm trying to concentrate you know, on, on getting my stuff done. He goes, and I know they mean well. And he's like, but he goes, there's just, there's those days where he goes, it just grates on you, you know, or creates another level of stress, you know, that you're, you, maybe you already have a seed of doubt in your own mind. And when you get that constant reminder, because uh, I did the same thing when we got out to Florida, uh, I didn't tell anybody about my first competition back on the mat. Uh, they knew Christian was going to be there. They knew he was competing, um, but I deliberately didn't tell anybody, you know, just, just so I could take that level of stress off of me, you know, and, you know, it, it definitely is a, is, is a different one. This, you know, for some people that's the, that's an extra pump, 
you know, it's, it's telling everybody, you know, you're going to go do the competition and, you know, they, they kind of take it, 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 it's another level of, of pump to them, you know, that, that everybody's rallying around them and, and pushing and driving and, you know, and everything else. But I mean, at, at Worldsley, you did fantastic. I mean, well, and big thanks to you guys that were right in my corner. And, and the funny part is that the entire time I was so terrified to compete because I didn't know if it would feel foreign to me. You know, like that was a, a big problem. I, I didn't want to go there and not know what to do. You know, like get there and <gasps> freeze. And um, I remember getting to the venue. I got there super early. I'm always early for everything because I have anxiety that I'm going to be late. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I overreact about every, always being late. Um, but long story short is I got there super early and I am warming up and I had my headphones on and there was a bunch of people on the mats and it felt like, like any of our open mats that we do. It felt like a, it was a bunch of girls around my age, right next to me, warming up. And I was like, this is why I do it. Like, this is what makes me happy. Like, why am I concerned? And if I lose my, my first competition, my first match was against somebody I respect. Like, even if I lose to her, I'm never going to feel bad about losing to her. You know what I mean? Like, she's somebody that I admire for not just her jiu-jitsu. She's a phenomenal person. And I remember just being there, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a goof. So I'm, like, dancing and, like, stretching. And one of the coaches go, you must compete a lot. And I was like, first time ever. And he was like, where's your coach? And I was like, oh, no, I told him to just get here before I go on. And they were like, wait, you're dancing and you're alone? And then all of a sudden, Jody came in, and I was like, oh, no, I have my twin here. She'll help me if I need anything. And Jody's like, what do you need? She's, like, freaking out for me. And I'm like, we're good. And then yeah. I see what happened. I, I get up to get my gi measured. We're the very first match of the day. And the guy tells me that my patch is this much off where it should be, therefore illegal. And I'm like, okay, I'll rip it off. And he goes, no, because then there'll be, like, a – a mark and that's still not good. So I look at Jody, who's standing there freaking out for me. And I go, do you have a gi top? And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, can I borrow your gi top? Like it's either that or I'm gonna go buy a gi. And she was like, here's my gi top. And I come right back in the line and the guy's like, didn't I just tell you that the patch is wrong? And I turn around, I'm like, that's not the patch, not there. And he's like, okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you. I would have, if you had told me at any given time that that would have happened and I would have been so okay with it, I would have said, you're crazy. I would have been freaking out. But instead, I was in such a good mood. Um, Worlds was such a great experience altogether. Like, again, I'm the major of Whoville. I've trained with just about every person from every state. So going there, it's like running in, it's like a high school reunion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like running into every person. It's like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I, I, I saw so many people that I've trained with and, you know, you kind of rekindled and you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. And you see, you know, you see some of the people that you've trained with competing and that's awesome because you're like, wow, that's how he pulls that one off, you know? Um, it, it was just so, it, it, it would have been impossible for me to not enjoy it. Like even, I mean, you guys were there for my absolute match where I lost terribly. Um, and Jody will tell you one of the, the, the greatest things was I, I got, I got murdered by this girl and she was phenomenal by the way she was amazing none of it was my mistake she was much better than me like i'll give all kudos to her um and you know we're getting like i know there's like 15 seconds to go and i hear ben finally say you know 
screw it, go for a leg lock, right? And so I go back for an ankle lock and I knew I wasn't going to get it. I, I mean, I had like 15 seconds left on a very game opponent who wasn't even breathing hard. And I was swamped. And um, I went back for it and the time expired and we got up. And I don't, you know, I guess different for different people. But like my first instinct was to give her like a huge hug. Like, dude, you beat me, but it was amazing. You know what I mean? It was a great exchange. I never, you know, there was no disrespect. It was, this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? This is what I do every single day of my life. Right. Like, whether you beat me or I beat you is irrelevant. It's that exchange of, first of all, trust, right? Like, she could have killed me. She had a pretty deep uh, bow and arrow on me. She could have murdered me. She didn't, you know? Like, there's a certain level of trust that you only get on the mats. And, and it was phenomenal. Like, I remember you know, getting out of there, just like smiling. And Jasmine uh, was at the, at the end and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, dude, yeah, I got my ass whooped, but that was awesome. And she's like, how are you happy that you just lost? And I'm like, I'm not happy that I lost. Let me get this straight. I'm not happy I lost, Right. but I'm happy I didn't quit. You know what I mean? And I'm happy I actually made it here. You know, like I'm happy that I didn't hear that voice anymore that told me if you go there, it's going to be bad for you. Like, no, it was awesome. Every single part of the whole trip was awesome you know what I mean like there, even having to swap geese with Jody was awesome you know not for her because then she had to use my sweaty gi but you know it was it was yeah. just great it's our it's our favorite that's our one vacation a year we're kind of bummed that it's not looking good for this year but it's because yeah it, it is like a reunion when you get in there and the whole vibe of the place because it's all masters yes it's just a different vibe everybody's happier and a little more chill and competition's still fierce though. I mean, like, like competition's still crazy. Oh, yeah. It's but, it's still extremely fierce. But we, go ahead. It's just a it's just a it's a different feel to the whole event than any other event that we go to. It also for me, it did one thing that I am, um, you know, I always wondered how I'll feel, you know, as I continue to grow older which happens like every second now. Like it's not even like the next day I feel older. Like I get done and I'm like, oh, I'm older. Um, but we were watching, we were waiting for Jody's uh, absolute match. And before her match, it was Master Six. And these guys went at it with such, one, technicality and two, just, you know, passion. And I was like, that, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be that, you know what I mean? Like, I want to know that I'm safe here, but I'm also going to give in my everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was inspiring. And they got done, and you could tell their satisfaction for having, you know, for having been there. Yeah. It wasn't about just the fact that they won or that they were even, it was just, you know what, we're still making it. Yeah. And we're still, you know, throwing amazing, you know, submission attempts, and we're still wrestling ourselves, you know, like, we're not just pulling guard. We're not just trying to get this and get out. We're going to do the best we can with the five minutes we're given or six or whatever, you know? Um, and to me, that was, there is no way to replace that, you know? Like, it, it's, 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 it's what keeps us moving. Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on doing more? Or was that like a one and done? I don't know. Uh, probably I will. Um, uh, I wanted to do so... Again, we go back to the fear thing. Um, I wanted to do masters again this year, and then Rob decided to slap a new belt on me. And um, I have to, I have to grow into that belt. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like to uh, take things away from my game 
and you know adapt it and see what I can do better which everything I can do everything I should be doing better but that's not the point but like I tend to get clutchy with things you know what I mean like I'll, I'll get into a route where for a while because my knee was bad I would always pull guard you know and like just get on the bottom and start playing lockdown or some level of you know leg entrapment just to you know stay away from having to plant the knee but then because of that so many pieces of my game were deteriorating or not you know improving and so now that that new belt was slapped on me I feel like I need to start working on getting some of those you know a little bit more tight and more you know efficient right more precise maybe you know not just wasting my energy on a bunch of stuff but like hey let's see how we can make this one better you know right um i know you're a, a big uh supporter of no judges needed yes yeah well um, they're a bigger supporter of all of us so well, this is true well yeah i mean because they support it pretty dangerous pretty good too well they support it pretty dangerous i mean there's we, we, we haven't really reached out for a whole lot of sponsors on just about anything. That being said, though, the few times that we have, they've been one of the first ones to, to come to the plate, say, we would love to sponsor you guys. We would reply back, what do you guys need in return? And the response has, for the most part, always been, we're just happy to help. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's been our, our origin fight league, when we've done, done that, when we've done pretty dangerous, we've done, you know, some different stuff. And yeah, like I said, I mean, they, they've been right there. No questions asked, just basically saying, I'm happy to help. Well, to give you just a little view into how willing they are to help with anything, even like things that are going to bring no attention to like, you know, the brand's going to get nothing from this. So obviously quarantine is affecting all of us. You know, there are no doubt, there is no doubt in my brain that every single person who trains has had a setback from this, you know, one way or another, this has affected us negatively sometimes and to, to a certain degree positively, but mostly negatively. So Matt Arroyo, uh, one of my coaches, he did a, a, a 30 day challenge for the team. Whomever wanted to do it could do it. It wasn't mandatory, but you know, it was encouraged and there was a bunch of prizes you could win if you score the most, the most points. And it was really a lot of fun, you know, because it wasn't jujitsu based. There was some jujitsu things added to it, but it was a lot of mental challenges and a lot of uh, physical challenges that had a mental thing to that. You know, it's like, you have to break through the, I can do that. Like you're going to do it, you know, and if you didn't do it, at least send the proof that you tried. Um, but when it was over, it actually left a bigger hole. Because now you went from every day waking up to Matt sending you a video saying, this is your challenge for the day, to nothing. To now I have to find the motivation within myself. And not everybody has it, you know? Like not everybody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to go run five miles or I'm going to go ride a bicycle or I'm going to go swim. It's hard, you know? And it's hard when you don't have somebody pushing you back. Um, so I contacted Matt and I contacted No Judges Needed and I said, would it be okay if I do a one week cardio challenge? And can we make the price be something not just needed? Because everybody in the team, you know, we wear it. Like right. we can never have enough of it. Um, I hadn't even pressed send and I had a message back. What do you need? How many prices? When do you need it by? Right. And I was like, okay, but before you even know anything, like this is going to be on a private group chat. Right. 
Right. So nobody outside of our gym knows that you're even giving anything away. And he goes, I don't care. Is he going to help the team? Exactly. I mean, yeah, everybody's crying that they're not, you know, motivated. So but probably 14, 15. He didn't care that it was probably only 15 people are going to be part of right. it. He's like, question he what goes, they're going to get out of it. They're, they, they know that what they're doing is, is helping and benefiting, you know, everybody else, which is, I mean, absolutely incredible. Yeah, so, you know, to me, nothing speaks more than that willingness to help with nothing in return. Like, I have nothing to give back to, you know, to just need it. I don't even compete, you know what I mean? I mean, I do wear this stuff right to most places and most people do because I do go everywhere and I'm normally wearing this. Um, but really, it's not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a major competitor. I'm not Dan Martinez going to EBI and winning, wearing right. no judges needed. I'm me going to somebody's gym with my shirt going, hey, do you want to see some weird stuff I learned? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what you get when you give me something. But, you know, um, they've been great. And they've been great to the entire team. And, you know, to all of, not just our team, but when you think about every tournament that happens here in town, you'll see Nodja just needed there, whether supporting uh, with a booth or they have athletes there or they have, you know, the water that you get is from them or, you know, they, they're always willing to have a big presence to make our sport grow. And, and to me, that's, that's the beauty of our sport, you know, is there's no politics. It's not, well, you're with that gym, so I can't know it's right. right. This is a sport in general, so it doesn't matter. You know, we're just gonna make it grow. You know, and that's one thing I've I've really enjoyed about the Gracie Tampa Network in general is you guys are so open, really super open. Like, we get at wherever we go with Pretty Dangerous, we almost always have somebody from Gracie Tampa show up. Well, and we always expect that, and 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 that's one of the things that I love that, um, and especially because you guys know how I am with my training. Um, I have a home, obviously right now, my home is South, but I'm a nomad. You know what I mean? Like I'll, anybody will tell you, it's, it's funny because I was talking to somebody this weekend and they said something about Miami and I go, Oh my God, no, I train with them. And they go, but wait, you live in Tampa. And I'm like, no, no, no. I travel. And then when I go, I train at Helions and then I train at Buyus. And they're like, wait, so you have three gyms in one city that you don't live in. I'm like, yes. But in my defense, I'm like, I go to Technica for no gi. I'm like, I go to Helions for, uh, for their gi class because they're amazing, like super, super technical. And I always go to Buyu because Buyu's been phenomenal to me from day one. Like, since the first time I went to Miami, he opened his gym. He was as welcoming. So I love that. I love going to other gyms and not just learning from their professor, but from their students. You know, like think about how many amazing people we train with every day, right? Like if you learn one thing outside of the outside of wrestling, jujitsu, every time I actually get done training, I always ask somebody like, "Oh, what are you doing this weekend?" And you'll be surprised. Like I've learned about carpentry, I've learned about IT, I've learned about software development. You know, our our teammates are amazing. Yeah. You know, we we forget how blessed we are to have you know these incredible people next to us every single day. You know, not only are they making us grow in our journey, but God, if you even like stop and listen for a second, you'll be surprised, you know, about all this stuff you're going to learn, you know, and, and applying it differently. You know, we, we train with a lot of um, law enforcement and military people. And I love asking them, like, you know, 
conflict? Like, how are we, you know, if this was hand-to-hand combat, you know, what would happen when I go outside, you know? Like, when I'm not on the mats, tell me how you approach this, right? I don't want to just know how to defend myself when the bell goes off. But what happens when I'm out in a parking garage, you know? And they may be just a blue belt, but they're a blue belt that has life experience, a blue belt that has dealt with disarming somebody, you know, that has dealt with actually stopping somebody. And there's so much to be learned, you know? So every time I go to any gym, I'm always, well, I think you guys know, like every single one of the girls that come with you to all the Pretty Dangerous, I'm always sitting in the middle of them like, hey, (laughs) you know, like that's just who I am. It's, you know, there is so much to, to get from, you know, from the people that we share the mats with. Absolutely. You know, there's well, not. We, we, we used to train um, a, a, quite a bit on the Stockton side with, uh, with law enforcement and, uh, and military. And, you know, it'd be like we go over a technique on Tuesday. And on Thursday, my training partners are going, oh my God, I pulled that off. I was arresting somebody and I went to handcuff him and he resisted. And I, I did Tuesday's technique, you know. And, and yeah, getting, getting feedback from guys or girls like that, where they're taking a technique that they learned in, in a session and, and literally within one or two days, it already made an impact in their life. Now they've got, I don't want to say they've got the easiest transition, but they've got one that it's a little bit more of an of a, of a understandable transition because they're going to take that technique and they're going to apply it directly into what they do. But then you hear somebody else, like you said, you're, you're hearing somebody else in IT that, you know, they're like, you know, hey, uh, you know, in class, I was really happy that although you were crushing me, you know, I didn't quit. I fought through it and everything else. And then they tell you a story a little bit later on about how they felt like the stress of work was crushing them and overwhelming them and, and started applying philosophically what they learned on the mats to help them in other walks of life, which is, which is amazing unto itself, you know, in, well, in those kinds of scenarios. And a big part of it, I think, is too that, you know, you carry yourself in a different way when you're, um, you know, content with your technique, when, you, when you're content with your knowledge of one thing. You don't need to prove that you know it. You know what I mean? Um, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier. When you go to a, a seminar with John Jack Machado, nothing is flashy. It's actually so straightforward. It, it, it looks like it shouldn't work because right. it's, it's just so simple, right? He doesn't need to prove to anybody that he knows what he's doing. We all know he knows. And, and it changes people's way of living altogether, right? Like even though it's such a small percentage of our lives, um, well, not, not obviously to you, uh, guys or even to me but to most people right jujitsu is three hours a week of their lives it's a very small percentage but that carries so much weight right because that idea of you being able to even if you let's say that you didn't catch somebody in a great submission but you mastered a technique you have that technique that you felt worked great right like the first time that you pendulum sweep somebody and it just works perfectly you felt no weight it just happened you know like butter that transition was perfect and you landed where you needed to land it and that resonates with you there is a sense of joy there is a a sense of just you know i i created i was good i you know it worked you know and when you leave there 
you you walk with more confidence and you act more confident, but it's not cocky. Right. It's, it's a real confidence. It's not one that's confrontational. So I think a lot of people that train um, and that train for the love of it are much less likely to be getting into fights outside or to be, you know, crossed in a different way because there's a certain air of, I don't want to mess with them because, you know, they're, they're in that Zen moment. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see guys that are phenomenal jujitsu players going out and picking fights. They don't right. have to. They don't have to. Right. And they normally don't even have to avoid crap because people don't want crap with them. You know what I mean? Like, they it, just... It's interesting, just like, um, like in everyday life, you can kind of almost just in movement and, and the way their posture is and stuff, you can almost pick out jujitsu people. Yeah. Like when we go to like a mixed event where there's jujitsu people and then others, you can mm -hmm. kind of tell who the jujitsu people are just by the way they move. They have kind of a relaxed confidence. Mm -hmm. That's the way I right. kind of it. But and that it, it, it works so great for other stuff too. I, I, I always find myself, you know, whenever things get dicey for lack of a better term, you know, you, you go back to that morning training or that afternoon training and you go, I was in a fully deep choke and I survived that. So why am I panicking over, you know, this phone call that's taking a little bit too long or that memo that may or may not be perfect. Right. I survived literally being almost out dead asleep. I know, I know how much pressure I can take. So the pressure of this memo not being perfect, not going to kill me. And right. it gives you, it gives you the power of owning your emotions. You know, I think being able to breathe through things, right? If you think back of your white and blue belt years, how many taps were gimme taps, right? Were taps that you gave because you were so petrified that you in fact tapped yourself out. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, and now all of a sudden now it's going to happen, right? But now at this level, you just breathe through so many of them that you create the doubt on your opponent. Do I even have it? You know, half the time it's just a look. You just look back and you're like, oh, cute. You know, and they go, what? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a head and arm triangle. You should be tired. And I'm like, okay, let me sing my song to you. You know, and they, but you're dying. But you what? know how much you have, right? And you know, there's a gift. And I get, and, and, and it's almost like a, a great combination between playing poker, playing chess, and being active all at one time and doing yoga, right? Like, it's the perfect uh, mixture between all four of them. You're, you're trying your best to not give any face, you know, any facial even recognition that you're in pain or that you may even be in, you know, a bad position while also moving in ways that the body shouldn't move. You know, and while mentally strategizing how to get from point A to point B. So, so a lot me, happens. I'm going to have to quote that because that's the first time I've heard it. It's actually a, a brilliant correlation. We've heard of jujitsu as being chess, things of that nature, but it's brilliant that it's playing poker and, and chess at the same time. While um, doing yoga because you're yeah, also moving. So think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is actually very brilliant. But, but it's what we do every day, right? And, yes. and, and, and the multitasking side of things, right? Um, uh, when you go into things, and, and, and this is something that is awful, and to anybody that's starting, not, don't ever listen to my advice. But I always go to everything having a A, B, C, D, E plan. Because I always assume that my A is going to fail, 
and my B may be rocky. You know what I mean? So everything that I do, I never think I'm going to get this triangle. To me, the triangle is a an staging place. That staging area may get me to an arm bar, may get me to an omoplata, God knows what. I'll go for the triangle, but if it's not there, I'm going to switch to something else, right? And to think to a person that doesn't train, to try to explain to them that you're going into it, that you're you know, putting all of your weight in that while thinking also, where is his hand going to go? And if his hand goes here, where am I going to go? He's trying to be so many steps ahead of an opponent that, by the way, is also that many steps ahead on his defense. Right. But they you play know, poker and he's bluffing you all at the same time. <laughs> Correct. We're both bluffing. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's also the thing is getting to that and, and getting to the point where within your bluffs, you know, when it's time to you know, to, to give it up. Um, I call it the look, you know, in, in, in the, right before we went to quarantine, I had gone into a stage where I wanted to do a lot of flow rolls because I wanted to work again on just getting a little more precise. So I wanted more catch and release type of things. And I'm training with uh, my morning coach and we got into this position and we both looked at each other and there was just that look and we're like, okay, we're just going to agree to like call it a stalemate. And I was like, yeah. So we're trying to figure out how I can get my arm that now I've twisted in ways that shouldn't be twisted out of his leg. And I'm like, so think about twister. I'm like, finger to green. And he's yeah. like, that, that won't go to green. I'm like, okay, can you get to yellow? If you can get to yellow, my arm will come out. And he's like, okay. But, you know, again, we go back to that trust feeling and to that knowing that at some point somebody actually has you in a position that can break you. And you have to have enough trust in one, your ability to know when to tap and two, your ability to get out of it. Even if you decide not to tap, you know, like how can you do that? Um, and it's, it's, it's so difficult to, you know, to transfer that to people that don't train that, you know, I'm doing this with people that I not only trust their technique, but I trust their humanity to know what, you know, what needs to be done, you know, and, and, and go back to the master's, uh, example that's one of the things that I love about masters there is no need for blood we want to win but we also want it to be precise we want it to be beautiful I don't need to break your arm yeah I'd rather just hold it and let you know that you know here's yeah, your I arm the, the matches tend to be way more technical and I don't know if that yes. just comes from the fact that we're all beat up and broken so we have to be technical <laughs> but I actually enjoy watching the masters matches almost more than I do the, the adult matches I agree with that. And it's also, I think, I, uh, I, had a, I went to a seminar with uh, Rolly Delgado, which, by the way, probably one of the most uh, brainiac seminars I've ever been to. He is so smart. He reminded me so much of Ryan Hall, where he has studied the sport to a degree where he can break it down into its core. It, it, it was brilliant. It was beautiful. It was like, metaphoric it was perfect every single thing about the seminar was phenomenal uh but he was talking about competing at masters now that's what he does and he said you know i teach classes every single day i don't have the advantage that the kids that compete at the adult level do which is if i break i broke and i have time to heal i don't have time to heal i have to fly back straight from masters to teaching like i competed sunday took the last flight Monday morning yep. here I was you know teaching the first morning class if I'm broken how am I going to do that and he's like and you know my passion at the end of the day is teaching is showing these people how to be the best they can be and if I'm broken I'm not good for them right so he's like when I go into into worlds I just 
know that I'm at a level where it's going to be perfect, you know, where the technique I'm going against is perfect, but so is mine, you know? And there is no need for jumping onto something because we know what precision we have on what we have. And there is, again, that whole, I can look into somebody's eye and know, that's it. This is the soul-taking moment. And, you know, then the tap happens, you know? And, and, and there is a, a beauty to that, you know, to being able to say, I know, I'm, I know where I'm at and I know what I have, you know? And also you're going against competitors who are more willing to say, hey, you know, kudos, you have it. You have it and I'm going to tap. You know what I mean? I don't need you to break my arm because I don't want to quit at, you know, the competition level when, you know, you, you, you may not want to break somebody's arm, you know? Right. Well, there, there's also a little bit of a, like, because with, at, at adult masters, that gold or medal, adult or adult worlds, adult worlds, that gold medal becomes your ticket at that point in time if you're if you're straddling the edge of being a professional martial artist that gold medal is now your ticket that 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 becomes now your livelihood it get it that that's now your ability now to make a living as a professional martial artist because you've earned that accolade and i'll be honest I, I probably would be willing to sacrifice. You, know, you see some of these videos, like dude gets his ankle broken in a match, but still wins to, to, to take the, the podium, you know, to, to claim that real title of world champion. I, I probably would make that trade. You know? Listen, and, and I'm we, not by any, <laughs> by any stretch am I dogging it. It is great. I've done stupider things for less yeah. than, you know, less than world's uh, gold. Um, just to even prove that I can do it for you. Yeah. Know, don't double dog dare me. I'll do it. Um, but th the point that I'm trying to make is that at a certain level or at, at a certain age and a certain right. lifestyle, you, you have to know what your, you know, your best fit is. Yep. And, you know, adults sometimes is just, you know, necessarily not just for you breaking, but you know, you have to know that you may need to go into, into a place and break somebody. You know what I mean? And not just putting them to sleep, but if you have to break somebody's arm. And, and what if that's their livelihood? And that will weigh in my head. Yeah. You know, I'm still, I'm still more human than I am a jiu-jitsu player. So, like, yeah, think about saying, if, if, if I was in my, if, if my mid-20s, you know, I, I, I might be willing to sacrifice that ankle or, or that arm for that world championship. I'm, I'm turning 50 soon. I'm not making that trade. Um, I'm not making that trade at all. You know? Exactly. And, 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 and we, we all have that, that story that haunts us a little bit of, unfortunately, a training partner or somebody of that nature, because we've been doing this for a period of time, that it was never intentional, but you were one of the people involved when an injury occurred whatever extent you know maybe 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 it was a break maybe it was a tear maybe it was a something you know and and i mean i know we we all have those little pieces that still haunt us even now that when you roll and you get to a certain point you're like you know what i'm just gonna back off you know it doesn't mean enough to me in in a roll to to even tap you at this point you know I, i'd rather just let go and, and continue rolling and, and know that that we did what we could to minimize the the actual injury. You know, whereas like I said, as a white belt, I didn't have that that control. I didn't have that 
that level. It was more about the getting that tap was, you know, seemed more important. You know, but it's not just a control. Just, I think you didn't have the confidence in your technique, right? right. So I remember at white and blue, just putting my everything into everything. You know, like you start and you go a hundred percent on an arm bar. I would never go 100% on armbar now. I know when I have it, it's so precise. It should be 60, 65. Yeah. And if I don't have it, then I have an issue. The issue was on me. You know what I mean? I have to adjust. You know, I don't, I don't want to... Rob has always said, Rob doesn't force any moves. He'll force a mistake. Right. But once he gets that, that position, the submission should be easy. It should never take 100%. And if he's taking 100%, something's wrong with your technique. Right. Right. Um, but you know that now after spending how many hours on the mats but at the beginning you're like i have these arms like, yeah. <laughs> you don't even have it like right. it's, and you, you know when i train with people that are newer especially you train with a wrestler who comes in and's never done any jiu-jitsu but they're standout wrestlers they don't want to tap to things that you know are going to be detrimental and more than once i've caught an ankle or i've caught a heel and you just look at them and you see in their eyes that there is no, they have no idea how bad that could be for their knee. And you just look at them and you, it, it, there is no, no way I'm going to pull on that. I'd rather let it go. And you know what? If you pass, you pass. Right. Big deal. I'm not going to be less of a person because some guy passed my guard. Right. I'll be less of a person if I broke his knee and I don't have a partner. Right. You know what I mean? This is on the, at the gym level. Like, why, why do I want to? I'd rather have my partner tomorrow. Right. You know, I don't need to, I don't, I don't need to prove to anybody that I got it. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, Maria. Well, I know we, uh, we said an hour, so we'll have to call it now, but thank you so much. Awesome. Thank awesome. you guys. Let's get as soon as this is over, we'll, uh, we'll get some rolls in. For sure. Well, I've got, I got pretty dangerous to make up for, so. I know we have so many to make up for. It'll be like one a week for a while. <laughs> <laughs> putting some miles on that car. It's a good thing that the quarantine has made it rest. Now go right back to putting miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I'll yeah, send thank you, you very much. I'll send you the link when we get it up. Awesome, thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lawson. And your other host, Melissa Lawson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just so. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.